step back in time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things, they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten. Hello, all my beautiful souls. It's so good to have you here with us tonight at FXBG Public Radio. You are listening to Otherland Dreams, and I am shamanic practitioner, Lady Stars and Fire. And who am I here with? You are here with the Hill Hippie, as always. So anyway, how was your day? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd throw that one out there. (laughs) Yeah. Today's been stressful. The day has been stressful. I warned you that Mars was having a fit this week. Ha, see, I told you. <laughs> Is it always going to be like this? It's just a game of one-upsmanship? <laughs> no, I mean, all day. I, all day I was like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was stressed all day. I felt harassed, and there was really no reason other than my empath was picking up everything from everybody. And I was like, why? It was all in my arms. I was stressed. But, ah. Uh, now I'm good. <laughs> but on the flip side, before I get into tonight, tonight we're going to be p- talking about um, empaths versus narcissistic empaths and how dangerous they can really be. And then maybe some skills and ethics that will go along with helping you along the lines of working with that empath. I'm going to go back over empaths many, many, many times because there's so many people out there who are empaths who don't know it. And there are so many people who are empaths who really just don't have a clue or any skills and don't know how to help themselves and get things so messed up. And I find that to be a very big deal because there are so many people who are so confused with that and just lost. And my opinion is everything starts with the empath. Before you get into the medium and all the other spiritual, wonderful stuff, it's got to start there. Mm-hmm. And so as you move on, I'll probably come back over and over and over again. Not necessarily every single episode, but every over over and over again, I'm just going to come back to those empaths from time to time. Well, before I get into all of that, I finally got, okay, if I'm saying it right, my Yemenite, for you, it would be my chakra. Okay. It finally came in, and I'm so happy and so excited about it, but let me just tell you, it smells like death and decay. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know what a Yemenite is or a Shafra, it's a, um, it's, it's a um, horn that's made from the horn of a goat. So I know that I'm supposed to play it from time to time when I get into some of my shamanic work. But before I can even remotely get into that, dude, I had to take care of the smell, man, because I could not put my mouth to this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is so hideous. I was like, I can't even put it near my mouth to attempt to learn to blow this thing. It was ridiculous. So for anybody out there who happens to get one and they smell bad, let me just tell you, use Kaseya, Kaseya oil. It's a lot like cinnamon, but it's stronger than cinnamon. And I just poured that all on the inside of that horn, and I let it sit for a few days, and at least now it tastes good, and it doesn't smell bad anymore. (laughs) I was like, holy crap, I could not go nowhere near that thing. (laughs) It's very important that you can enjoy your horn without it smelling like death and tasting like... (laughs) Shit. I was like so mortified. I was like, no, no, ew. <laughs> well, with that being said, I've had a pretty good week all around, all over for the most part. Um, my girlfriend also, Okay. before I get into this stuff, my girlfriend asked me today if I would like to go to Salem. And that was freaking awesome. She wants to know if I want to go to Salem for um, Halloween. Salem? And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it works out perfectly that I get extra vacation time. I'm going to go talk to my boss tomorrow. But I was like, oh, Salem. Salem. 
<laughs> so I was like, yay, good on me for that. But anyway, the boys seem like they're having some issues over there talking, so I'm just going to jump right into some of this empathic stuff because they're doing stuff that they're doing. <laughs> anyway, um, empaths, I mean... There are many, many, many types of empaths. There are the empaths that are emotional. There are your there are empaths that just feel physical energy. There's like Deanna Troy. <laughs> what exactly do you mean by that? <laughs> Have you never seen Star Trek? <laughs> yeah. Oh, only picks up emotions. Yeah. Okay. I had to stop and think. I'm like, who? Who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Long hair. <laughs> She's a long-haired the, the chick. The only chick that showed cleavage <laughs> in the entire show. Dude, I'm a chick. Like, I care. <laughs> You're I, a chick. I'm I surprised. have my own cleavage. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm surprised you actually know what Star Trek is. No, I do. But I'm more of a Star Wars person. Well, it's not a matter of one versus the other. You can appreciate one and still appreciate the other. But we're not going into that. That's not what this show is about. <laughs> I was like, don't make us go down that road. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. So you have the emotional side. You have the physical side. Then you have the empaths that will uh, pick up on, like, communication with animals or with earth and plants themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you have the ones that are the mediums that eventually grow into the mediums and the clairs. And that would be the vision, that would be the audio, that would be the sensations, the smell, the taste, and the touch. And then you have your telepathics. So, I mean, there's many different ways to be an empath. It's not just picking up emotions hmm. or feelings from people. There's many different things that go along with that. What? You look like you were about to say something. No, actually, I was going into a completely different train of thought. It's all good. Multitasking. Ow. Okay. So, I mean, see, and, and the reason I want to make this very clear is because you can go down so many different roads. Have you ever come across any of the other empaths other than just emotions? I mean, what are you? Do you pick up on all stuff? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Visuals are very, very, very rare. Uh, I got a humongous nose. Uh, anything that I pick up uh, <laughs> via the... Uh, the word is eluding me, but for the the sense of smell, I typically just assume that is me picking up something. Like my cousin used to say, my nose was so big I could pick up a polar bear farting uh, the North Pole. <laughs> so I tend to ignore those. Maybe I'm picking up something, but mostly it's just energy field. Sometimes I will pick up not so much that you pick okay, up Earth. Of that, yeah. But see, there are those that don't. I uh, pick up my. Just I can get a bad vibe off of somebody, and I can see, sometimes when I'm in the right mindset, I can see the energy flows if I'm looking for them. But more often than not, it's not like I'm, you know, this person's angry because of something that's happened recently, or they're thinking about doing that to who? What? I gotta call the cops. No, it's <laughs> nothing like that. It's very, very subtle. No, okay. The reason why I'm asking is because, um. Well, for one, see, I can tell where yours stops. Mm -hmm. And I can tell, I, okay, I say this like I was explaining to you earlier, and I'm telling everybody who's listening, because I call it the first wave. I'm like, there's a first wave, then there's a second, and then it just goes on and on and on and on. And so many people that are impassive, they are starting to pick up energy, no matter what kind it is, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever. They'll, they'll only get that first wave, but then they haven't truly gone deep enough to start to see past the bullshit of the first wave. They'll feel the pain or the anger or the frustration. And they might even be able to see why, but they're not seeing that it goes into a deeper root of what it really is that's causing the problem in the long run. Mm -hmm. And that is where it starts to eventually grow and turn into healing. You've got to get past that first wave. And most people don't want to go past the first wave because they're scared. Not saying you are or aren't. I'm just saying it's easier to just stick with the negatives because it's the first thing you feel. Now, I say the first thing you feel is because you can go across so many wonderful things, but that becomes something that you're comfortable and cool with and you, you're thankful for to where you start to feel of it more of a mundane. It's more normal that you don't even notice that it's such a good thing. 
it's, you pick up the bad ones, and that's the ones that you're like, you know. <laughs> it's like they said in, uh, I can't remember if it's the first or second Matrix, human beings define their lives based on their suffering. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very easy. It's, it's, it's like they say with any of the fairy tale stories, basically. I mean, it's easier to connect to the bad person because you, we've all had those bad times, but it's harder to be the good person. Mm-hmm. It's harder to dig down deep and really pull the good person out from behind all of that crap that you might be feeling off them. That is what I mean by the first wave. You've got to get past that and start to go into those deeper ones. I say that because I want to talk about the narcissistic empath, which I'm not there yet. But there's a point because even a narcissistic asshole is ill. And we all know some narcissists. See, and this is the other thing. I mean, we all have moments we can be narcissists. Well, of course, we're humans. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, nobody is perfect. Some are narcissists just for a moment, and you're a little too self-centered, and some are just full-on assholes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because even your typical super always-never-turning-off narcissist, the reason they're that way is because there's a healing that's needed. There's an illness that's there. Emotionally, spiritually, shamanically, one way or another, something is missing, and that's why they can't get right, so mm-hmm. to speak. They're not getting the necessary energy, they're, so they're seeking it out in the wrong places. Right, because it's an illness, technically, that they haven't found and may never find and may never change. But with that being said, I mean, this is why I said it's important to start to understand what kind of empath you are and what you're maturing into as you start to grow into this. And then you're dealing with, perfect example, I have a girl I work with. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I have a girl I work with, and she is the biggest narcissist, and she's an empath. Okay. And this is what I mean, because everybody has the ability to be an empath. If If you can care and have any compassion in the world for something, somewhere in there you're going to grow into an empath if you really, really tried to. Thus, empathy. Exactly. But a narcissist is somebody who pretty much is just only feels like they are entitled and they are superior to you and that you deserve the abuse because they're better than you. Mm -hmm. Now, when you take the empath, they're just betraying you, basically. The empath, no, the empath narcissistic. Okay. Because... They're cheating. They're fucking cheating. End of discussion. Uh, this girl that I work with, she she could tell it. And see, I've learned for me the easiest way to get rid of an imp- I mean, a, a narcissist, especially a narcissist empath, is she just she's just oh she makes me so mad. She's only about her. She doesn't care about anything else. She has every single point that ever is to hit that would make sure that you would know it was a narcissist. And the easiest way I deal with her is as soon as she comes around, I become the narcissist. I do it on purpose. I do it on purpose because everything is about me, 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 because she doesn't care to hear anything I have to say anymore. It's the easiest way to get her to leave me alone. She will have nothing to do with me as long as I turn around and I make myself the superior over her. So, uh, in other words, you're to use a lack of a better phrase, you're fighting fire with fire. Yeah, and usually I'm full on against that because I'm full on usually that fire with fire is just going to cause another problem. However, a narcissist, you don't have time to play that fu- play that game. If you let them in, you could have said play that fucking game. But this is the internet. Yeah, well, we're no, not censored. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't really know what I was going to say. Well, my point is, is you don't have time to play that game. If you let them in your life. And you start to care about them. And they get in closer and closer and closer. Before you know it is you're the one that's being abused. Mm-hmm. And it just happens like overnight. And you're like, what, what the fuck happened? When, when did I become the one that wasn't important? Well, you never were the one that was important. But that's how you start to feel when you're of abused course. by a narcissist. It's the, uh, the intimidator mentality. They st- take from you the energy that they need because they're not receiving it from the universe themselves because they don't know how to properly draw upon it. So therefore, by basically becoming a, for lack of better terms, a psionic vampire, they uh-huh. use this intimidator-style mentality to uh, break you down and take that energy from you because... Any response that you give them, any response at all, is feeding them that energy. Right, exactly. See, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to get at because 
I was I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and I know she's listening. And no, I'm not gonna sell you out. The point is, the point is, is she's like you know in a very bad place in her life at one time. Not right now. She's is she because she's a very powerful witch, and um, she was saying, you know, she's been that narcissist empath before, who just you know would completely reach into your feelings, see how you feel feel about it, flip them around, rip you apart, and get you to do exactly what she wants. And an empath that's narcissistic is even more dangerous. But she was going through a really difficult time, like with drugs and shit, and she's learned her lesson. Mm. But the point is, is we all have the ability to do that, but we also have we all have the ability to also realize you're being abused, and it's up to you to get your ass up and change your life. Nobody's going to make you get better. Nobody's going to fix your life and change it other than you. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is you know, making uh, no one can make them change. Sometimes the problem is making them see what they are. Well, see, yeah. You know, take a look at the original story of Narciss- uh, Narcissus. Back. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering what's going on, EK is over here just shoving the mic right in. (laughs) He's shoving a cylindrical (laughs) object in my face right at my mouth. I was a little confused. (laughs) I thought we saved that until after we're off air. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just realized I had the gain set really high on that microphone, and that's why. That's why we're getting the hum. Okay. I couldn't help it. I was just like, just shove it down his throat. (laughs) That would be the perfect end of my day. (laughs) I couldn't help that. That that just amused me way too much. (laughs) We're all about learning and fun. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't even know where we were now. (laughs) I had something to say. I completely lost it. <laughs> it's all good. It was worth it. it was, yeah, I mean, that, that was hilarious. They to say it wasn't it. to say it wasn't funny would be to say that it's the defense of that would be on shaky ground. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, for those of y'all who don't catch it, it's a joke from a previous episode of Shock Monkey Radio, which Ek and I both uh, are on from time to time. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the problem. I have no idea where I was at. I just know that I was saying how dangerous narcissistic empaths can be. I mean, an empath is one thing, and then you put the narcissistic with it, okay? Because first off, you got to learn as an empath. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to separate you from what you're feeling, and that can be difficult enough. Are you? What are you doing now? You're telling me I'm too loud? Yeah. No, I'm just turning down the headphones in general. Okay. Now, um, I mean, it can be hard enough to figure out who you are. I mean, half. let's be realistic. Half of us don't even know who the hell we are. We're still trying to walk through life trying to figure out who the hell we are, why we feel the way we do, and what we're holding on to, what we're in denial about, and all other bullshit that comes along with it. And then if you're an empath on top of it and you start to pick up energy and you don't know why going to freaking Walmart makes you sick anymore. (laughs) I mean, you don't understand why certain areas will just give you, like, make you nauseous. You'll take the yoga pants completely out of that equation (laughs) because that's a whole different reason to make you sick right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, depending on the energies you put yourself around and who you put in your life will change Everything. Of course. And if you put narcissistic people in your life, you are just as ill. I'm sorry. You are because you have to learn what, how to heal yourself mm-hmm. and how to keep those people away from you as well as stand up for yourself. But if you don't know your own feelings and who you are, then how are you supposed to stand up and protect yourself against a narcissist? Uh, it's, that's another one of those things where <clears throat> me personally I have this uh, slightly different view on the statement of I know who I am or I don't know who I am. Well, you can never truly 100% know who you are because that changes from every passing moment because every single experience we have defines who we are. Uh-huh. So to say that I know 100% who I am, you're an idiot. Yeah, but there's so many people out there who think they do, and they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a, a per, like my mom, perfect example. I mean, she's, what, 72, and I... she's never – yeah, I know you don't know her that well. But <laughs> a, a lot of the followers, too, that have followed me for a long time have 
gotten to know mom from things I've posted and blah, 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 blah. So here's this 72-year-old woman who's never been into any of this crap ever, <laughs> you know. And then I get robbed at gunpoint because that's how I re-woke up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was, as when I was younger, I was, I, I was a medium when I was younger. And I was first dealing with Egyptian gods, and so to speak, when I was like eight. Okay, and as I matured and I grew up, life got in the way of life, I kind of forgot about it. Literally, I turned it off and I forgot about it. And it wasn't until I got robbed at gunpoint that everything came back. Well, everything came back. I had to go through my own world of shit of figuring out who I was and how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And as I got better with it, they say those who are awakened, awaken others. Well, here's this poor 70-year-old woman who's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> when she's feeling this energy and she's getting all nauseous and I'm like, breathe, trying to teach her how to ground and stuff. And the older you are, the harder it is to learn anything because you're already set in your ways. Mm-hmm. So it makes it twice as difficult and more, I mean, and then everything, they tell you right off the bat when you start to come into awakening and, and spiritual, actual, true living, that the first thing you got to do is learn to forget everything you once knew. Of course. Well, you got somebody who's that old, that set in their way, lived 70-some years. It's not easy to make them forget. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to title this episode, Hill Hippie Keeps Sitting Old Statements That Are Bullshit. You can't <laughs> teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, but you still have to live through it. You still of have course. to be able to be the empath and grow because you're now turned on. Mm-hmm. You can't turn. <laughs> that's one of those things. Once you've been turned on, you, I don't care how much you want to. It doesn't turn back off. Sometimes you can block it, though. Like you, you said yourself, you, got, you blocked it out, and then you had to be reawoken. Yeah, but... Typically, once you're on, or at least on the second time around, you're not really getting turned off again. You're kind of like, ah, you done fucked up and came back. Or in the case of uh, your mother that you were just uh, speaking about, it could be one of those scenarios where, shit, I've had dementia. What's wrong with me? Yeah, that's another issue I'm dealing with on that side. But that's a whole other subject. So... I saw this saying earlier today, and I thought it was perfect. Trying to reason with a narcissist is like trying to nail jello to a tree. <laughs> I was like, that is so freaking perfect. I was like, because people just don't realize that some of the abusive symptoms are really so simple. It's just you are always going to feel alone. You are always going to feel that you are not good enough. But if you could only get rid of a narcissist as with a, as easily you can get rid of jello with a hammer. Is, is stated in that statement. I love that, though. I was like, I just... <laughs> it just sliding down the tree. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. If you ever try to nail anything, you put the nail... Okay, you're holding your jello with the one finger. You got the nail in there. You take your first swing of the hammer. The only thing left would be your hand, <laughs> the nail, and the tree. The jello would go... The goo would be there. Uh, there'd be a little bit of moisture on the bark. You know, the tree would thank you for the added glucose, sucrose, whatever. It depends on how you make your jello and what brand you buy. It would thank you for that, but other than that, you wouldn't have anything left besides the jello would be all over the place. Sometimes in your hair, sometimes on your shoes, a little bit on the leaf litter. <laughs> none of it on the tree, none of it nailed. I just want people to understand, you, there are people out there. I dated a guy one time that was a narcissistic empath. And he was the, forever the big guy at the guilt trip. The guilt trip. And what I'm saying is, is if you're already an empath and you're connected to all of these different energies and you're trying to learn how to do it, grow with it, mature with it, because typically an empath without any skills is easily manipulated. Very easily manipulated because they typically want to try to feel better and help others feel better. They Mm -hmm. want to solve problems. They want to help. They want to heal. Even if they don't have a freaking clue how. That's typically what they want. But with somebody who's been damaged, who's like a damaged empath, just flat out broken, those are the ones that are going to turn into the narcissist and be the empath and use it against you because they're broken at this time. There's nothing they have left to give. Mm -hmm. All they can do is take. And so if they're in a relationship with you, they're going to use everything they can to make them feel better and to make you feel worse. Hmm. 
and destroy you as far as they can. I mean, just as far as they can. I mean, I had to walk away from the guy that I was dating. It took me a little while to realize that he was a narcissistic empath because I could feel his energy and I could feel he was broken. I could feel that he was in pain. I just couldn't realize that he was turning everything around to make me seem like I was a crazy one. And then I realized what it was and I had to leave him behind, point blank. I mean, I'm not going to tell people what to do. You can have the relationships you want. Maybe, maybe the people could be fixed. And maybe you can have people in your life that are that way. But that is all on you. It's just don't lie to yourself. Point blank. I mean, and as far as skills go, I mean, you're going to need to learn, you know, your left and your right hemispheres of your body. That's the easiest way to learn it. I mean, because if you learn what your left and right hemispheres are, your masculine and your feminine hemispheres are, your logical and your feelings hemispheres, so the right and the left sides and what they mean, you connect it to emotions. It will tell you, you know, what it is that you're feeling. If you don't, perfect example, that's that first wave I was talking about. If you can only feel, you know, the pain that they are in, but you can't tell really what it is or why they're feeling it if you're picking it up in a physical sense and the emotional sense the body is going to tell you because you're going to start getting pain like i said the spirits always when they're dealing with me and i'm not dealing with an empath or another person i'm not using empath empathic energies spirit will hurt me they will like pinch the crap out of my arm in places or knock my leg out. And that's because of what my connection is with them. I know those hemispheres. And I got a cheat sheet to go back and double check and tell myself exactly what it is that they're saying in case I don't remember. Hmm. Um, so and I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you start to learn what those hemispheres are and what everything means, you know, like your neck. Your neck is all about what if... What if I did this? What if I did that? I wish it could have been this way. I wish it could have been that way. You know, there's certain areas of the body that stand for different emotions and feelings. And it'll help you understand if it's you that's feeling it, if you're feeling someone else, and then help you understand what really an empath is about. Because the whole point is to get to healing. And if you can understand what you're feeling off someone else, and you can start with a cheat sheet, like understanding what the hemispheres are, and then we'll help move you in the direction of healing to help someone else. And that's the whole point is you have to learn to develop skills and turn on, turn it off. Like you were saying today, you had to put your walls up. Mm -hmm. I mean, people have to learn to build their walls. They got to learn what their shields are. People will decide to put themselves in white light is as many people say that shit don't work for me but they'll put themselves in white light you know in their mind and and put a shield up well i don't know how many times i kept growing and i had to change a shield and change a shield and remake a shield today to this day when i need it i have wings end of discussion that's where my shield is is when my wings come out in my mind all i have to do is blow them and i just blow your ass away point blank and i'm done that but you have to learn how to how and what it is and I tell people all the time who says whatever you've learned because people are learning you know, gotta create a shield in your mind well it's your freaking mind but, but whatever the fuck you want right I mean nobody says you gotta do any specific thing whatever it is and then you have to have ethics I mean you have to have morals that's the point of why there's narcissistic empaths and empaths I mean they don't have morals anymore they have no ethics so when you are dealing with people one of the things I'm told shamanically all the time is I may feel something. I may know something. I may even be shown it shamanically. But that doesn't mean the right thing to do is to tell you. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes you might dig in deeper and actually tear something else up. So you have to really realize when you're getting into morals of dealing with someone else, are you doing it for you? Are you doing it for the right reason? And or do you even know what is right? Ooh, I got this new piece of information. I can't wait to tell you. No, it's not the best time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, there's so many different situations that could go so many different ways. I mean, what is your opinion? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> My opinion on what? That was a very open-ended question. I mean, on, on the ethical side of it. On the ethical side of it? Yeah, ethical morals. What is your side of it? Well, 
I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, number one, if you have the ability to go beyond the first wave, or even when you're on the first wave, and you can sense certain things and feel certain things and see certain things, and by see, I don't mean necessarily see with your eyes, but you know, you walk past a person and you get that sensation that something is wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You have to be, number one, a rooted person. And by rooted, I mean rooted in, like you said, a good sense of morals. You can't try to use that to your advantage. Because to do that, well, number one, what the fuck's wrong with you? Think about it. Here I am. I've awoken. I've got this ability to see, to feel, to understand. Uh, even somebody <clears throat> who's taken on the practice of, uh, let's say, shamanism, who've developed their empath farther than what, say, I have or to your level. Or hold on. Maybe, maybe you've just got some freaking compassion and you're picking up some of that. There is that. Okay. Is your elbow okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. I was just like, ow. That's <laughs> all right. Compassion. <laughs> <laughs> There's my res- uh, response to the compassion. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's different ways of going into it. And, you know, it, it's a simple fact is just caring about something besides yourself. There's a statement that, I, again, old statements that Hill Hippie is going to say on this episode is do no harm to yourself and others. Yeah, that's that's a very powerful one. And that's I think that's the basis of what empath or non-empath, somebody who hasn't awoken yet, that should be the basis of all your thoughts and actions. You know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes that snarky comment can feel so good. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you have every right to actually throw that out there. I mean, depending on the who, who you are and what the people are that's going on in your life. Sometimes you get, you, you're going to be human and mm-hmm. say some shitty things. But what, what I'm trying to get at is, is, okay, like in my shamanic learning, no, I'm going further into the future. Because an empath is going to grow into mature into things. And typically, it eventually matures into the medium. And then the medium isn't just picking up energy from people, it's picking up energy from spirit itself. And then if you get into the shamanic level, then you're moving into healing on a whole nother level. And sometimes, one of my best ways of putting it is, is when it's one thing to think that you feel something and maybe throw out that energy and be like, hey, What's up? Are you feeling okay? And approach it that way mm-hmm. to somebody and then just be their friend and help them out versus what I'm learning I have to do as a medium because I will have spirits stop in front of me and I cannot move until I go back and I talk to that person. There's a difference. And sometimes I will have to fight with them because it's not somebody who needs to be talking to them. You know what I'm saying? There, You have to get ethically, you know, morally understanding and like when I go into shamanic journeys and stuff and when I'm learning to do um, soul retrieval and stuff we're told to bring the pieces of the soul back and return it to the client Mm -hmm. but you don't really need to know what screwed you up that made you lose that soul part of the soul in the first place because you're just only helpfully letting them lose it again when they're when the soul's ready, if you if I went in, if I went and did a shamanic journeying, and did part of a soul retrieval, mm-hmm. and I went and I got compassion, I'll just use that. If I went and I got compassion, which was part of a soul that somebody lost, and I brought it back, there's a reason why they lost it. However, even though I may have been shown whatever traumatic event caused it to happen, it is not my place to tell you what that was. Soul will return that information to you as you are ready once, you are, once you've gotten it. But at the same time, I feel like that's like letting your little boy who's learning to use the potty piss on the toilet lid and not telling him, like, all right, next time lift the seat. Uh, lift depends. the lid because you're just going to do it again if, you know, a lot of... If, here's the problem, you know... Go forward with the knowledge. See, but the point is, is is if you're bringing back the compassion and the compassion or whatever part of the soul is coming back, basically, 
it's being brought back for one because we had to convince the soul that it needed to, it was ready to come back that the person wanted it back mm-hmm. okay and so it had to come back on its own free will it can't force a part of a soul to come back right you know so we have to bring that back and typically it wants you to be happy so it's probably going might underlyingly pick up something in dreams or something however it's not necessarily something that you'll ever get the whole reason behind of why you lost it in the first place because by doing so this is one of those things where sh- where ethics start to grow because by doing so if, if perfect example if i removed a spiritual illness from you i'm not going to tell you what that spiritual illness was because now you have it in your mind to bring it right back See, I, that's why I went this way, because I wanted to see. Because as you grow, it starts to change. You have to protect the person that you're working with. Yeah, but that's like uh, oh, helping somebody who's gotten poison, who's went out into the woods and came back with poison ivy. All right, here's some calamine lotion, or depending on how quick you catch it, here's the soap that'll remove the Hiroshio oil. All right, go on back out. Enjoy yourself. Well, this not, is part of your well, own soul, though. Not looking, not teaching them, all right, watch out for three-leaved uh, pieces of uh, foliage that creep up and are only about a foot, foot and a half tall. See, but you You're, already have that in, you already have that in you. When, you. when you have those energies that are from within you that are just like your intuitive nature knows, I don't want to do that. That's because your soul's telling you there's something that it already has a reason for keeping you from doing it. You know, I mean, like use swimming for an example. Some people just do not like swimming. They Mm -hmm. don't want to be near the water. They're uncomfortable because maybe in another life you lost your life. You, You drowned, you know. So the soul has a way of going, unless you've really been taught how to do this well, stay the way. The soul has a way of connecting you with it on its own level. It's already part of you. Where we might be only shown pieces of it. We weren't shown the whole story. So by giving the truth of what we see may not be the whole story, and therefore we'll fuck you up more. So we only give you the pieces that we know are morally, ethically correct to help you. If we know that it could mess you up and we're not 100% sure... Then we don't see. And one of the things I'm, I've been told a million times, shamanically, is, you know, that goes into the whole medium thing, which grows from the empath thing. Is sometimes you don't speak up because you are also only partially dealing with ego. You're getting the empath energy. You're getting the feelings of it. However, by stating exactly what it is and going too far too fast without fully understanding. You're only in the first wave. You don't really know the whole deal. So this is why I said it's important for you to learn those skills that help you mature. Mm. Because without without those skills that help you mature, you could accidentally be walking down the wrong path and screwing up a situation even more. And that is where I'm coming all the way around back to the narcissist, narcissist empath who's been damaged so much that he that that person has to go through a whole different episode of work to heal themselves and wanting them to change wanting them to get better wanting them to heal because you love them that's not going to work that's something that they are going to have to do on their own you can love them till the day you die but that don't mean they're going to heal do you know why i went full circle now yeah (sighs) anything they killed him with their love (laughs) <laughs> they love for each other. Anyway, I think I need to jump into the astrology this week. I was about to say we're 20 minutes out. I know. I was like, dang, I've gone a lot. Anyway, okay, here's your astrology this week, ending on the 27th. First off, Mercury has gone direct. Automatically, for most people who know astrology, this sounds like a great thing, yes, but it's really not. Mercury is in retrograde. No, Mercury is in shadow, still for two weeks when it comes out of retrograde. And right now, Mercury is directly across from Mars, which is in opposition, and Mars goes direct next week on Monday. So this is the last week Mars has the ability to smack you upside the head and teach you anything that you did not learn while it was in retrograde. Mars was incredibly angry while it was in retrograde in Aquarius, and now it's jumped back into Capricorn. Capricorn is much more comfortable, but it is still in retrograde until the week is up. So therefore, it's 
trying to reevaluate everything that it learned while it was in Aquarius that it was pissed off about and that it didn't like in your outer community. And that deals with your jobs, your friends, your goals, and whatever it is right now that is trying to recreate for you. It's going to smack you in the head right now as hard as it can because it only has one week to get it through your thick head of what you need to do to change things to make it better. And with Mercury in retrograde, it's going to bring a lot of those dark shadow energies in so that communication is going to have a lot of negativity and masculine fire-filled tension energy this week because it's the last week it has for Mars to get it through Mercury's head while it's setting it forward. With that being said, the following week, Saturn is also about to go direct. So Saturn is your rules, your walls, and your boundaries. And as that goes forward, both of them are going to be hitting Mercury's shadow energy for the next two weeks. So don't be surprised with the tension that you'll be feeling. Because Mercury, as it comes out of shadow and starts to really start moving as fast as it normally does in outer communication, it will shift and make things better. But listen to those tensions. Even though they may be frustrating you right now, the tensions are there to help you understand what you didn't get while they were in retrograde. It's like the last smack upside your head going, did you get the memo? So this is its time of making sure that you learn that lesson as you move forward. Now, on the 23rd, the sun finally leaves Leo and goes into Virgo. So it comes out of the Roaring Lion and gets away from the North Node. And it's moving away from Palace, which is strategic thinking. And the North Node is everything that you need to learn in order to move forward. Because if you don't learn it, you're not going forward. So it's finally coming out of the Roaring Lion and out of the rulership, basically. And it's moving into Virgo, which is going to be very good for you because technically Virgo is the finger pointer. Virgo is the lie detector. Virgo is the organizer. Virgo is the one that's going to, hey, I don't care about your exes. <laughs> Virgo. That's exactly where I was I know, I know where that. you were going to go. But I'm saying the sign itself, forget the girls, the sign itself has to do with those organi organizational skills of helping you organize how to bring that shine into your life again. How, what illumination you need to get so that you can possibly bring that shine. Now, up until Thursday, we are still in Leo. Now, with that being said, this whole week is building towards the full moon. The full moon is on Sunday the 26th, which it is in Pisces. Now, in Pisces, we all want to be a little bit more loving. We all want to care a little bit more, or maybe sometimes we want to disappear into, like, a delusional world. And let me explain what I mean. Pisces has has Neptune in it right now. And Neptune is where magic is made. When the moon is full in Pisces, everybody wants to believe that everything around them is good and it's very easy to be manipulated. It's very easy to go, you know, well, well you know, I, I know that person cares and they would never do that. You, you're, you, this is the time where you're wrong. They would do that. This is the time to realize not everybody is good. And... If you stay in the delusional side of hoping, then you might find yourself get hurt. I'm just saying it's good to be loving, it's good to be compassionate, but at the same time be realistic and don't be in denial because then you're going to get hurt. So Neptune makes us gullible. Yeah. Gotcha. Basically. Um, with that being said, we have... Damn a you, Neptune. Neptune's awesome, but if you're in denial about it, it will screw you up every time because it's making you learn the lesson. Anyway, <laughs> so you have the Grand Earth Trine this week, which is probably what's going to be grounding you. And even though it might be kind of adding a little bit of that tension, if you've been in denial, it's actually going to be grounding you to help you go in the right direction. Uranus, which is still in retrograde, which is going to be talking about your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, and your freedom with your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem, is, is talking to the sun, where your illumination is, your ego is, and your shine is, as it moves from Leo to Virgo. However, what's going to be grounding this energy is Saturn. Saturn is your rules, your walls, and your boundaries in retrograde. It's that last week, also in Capricorn. I mean, last two weeks in Capricorn of it in retrograde. So it's talking to you within those rules, walls, and boundaries about what it is you need to create, what it is 
is you need to make those foundations so that you can actually have a strong foundation as you move forward after Saturn comes out of retrograde. However, when it's in retrograde, we tempt fate a little too much. So you want to make sure you're paying attention to those rules, walls, and boundaries and making sure you're setting them properly so that it works for you and your self-worth and self-esteem, not against you. Now, it's picking up energy from Vista in the ninth house of Sagittarius, which is going to be bringing in your soul fire. You're going to have a lot of fire energy in there, which is going to be talking to you about your intuition and your soulfulness. Basically, Vista is your uh, soul fire. It is your home and your heart. It's going to be picking up the energy of your higher self and trying to help you understand the direction you actually need to be going. Now, that will be all week long. You also have um, a T-square all week long, which is going to be T-squares are negative energies that if you can make it past the challenge can become positive, but they come together. T-squares? T-square. Uh, no, I don't think possibly on T-squares, but we use those to cut drywall. Well, we're not in construction. <laughs> That's what I think about. <laughs> so I, assume them, I associate them with negativity. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just the name. I didn't name the aspects, man. <laughs> the T-squares, though, are is two of them. One is on the 24th, but the other one is going to be all week long. So on the 24th, you will have a double T-square. But it's Uranus is speaking with Mars. So and then it's TDs? 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 TDs. Your TDs. <laughs> nice. That bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing TDs, y'all. You heard it here. You were funny. Okay. <laughs> Great. Now all I can think of is just tits flying. <laughs> okay. You've got Uranus in retrograde talking to Mars where all the tension is. <laughs> I knew you were going to die when I said that. And it's speaking to the North Node. So this is the tension about the communications that you need to change and the goals and the strategies that you need to change and bringing the tension in and showing you exactly what it is that you're not doing, basically. If you can get past what you're not doing, learn from the aggression that you're feeling from Mars, then you can move forward. But if you let the aggression rule your mouth then you may end up going backwards, mm. okay? The T-square that's going to hit on the 24th, which is Friday, though, is going to be with the moon in Aquarius, speaking to Mercury, which is in shadow, and then with Jupiter. So you have abundance coming to your emotional energies, and your mouth is like word vomit. In other words, shut the fuck up. Basically, if you can't say something nice, shut up. Make sure that you're not, just make sure you don't screw yourself over on this day. Because the T-squares can definitely help you if you can get past the challenge and you can be a soulful adult. But if you have to just lose your mind, then it's going to screw you up, basically. And then you have Mars and Lilith also on Friday, which is your aggression, your passion, your action, your fire, your sexual energy. Lilith is, I want what I want, and I want it right fucking now, which is going across from the North Node. So the North Node is basically this week trying to go, dude, don't fuck this week up. That's really what this week is going to come down to. And can you can have such wonderful things if you can learn not to word vomit everywhere, more or less. All right. See, now I'm ahead of time. Now you're ahead of time. Well, that's okay, because I left one thing out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I had a question. No, go ahead. What is a TT? A TT? A T squared? A T squared. I didn't say a TT. I said a T No, but we, have, uh, we de-evolved have, it to that. We have two TTs this week. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun, because if there's only one, something's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. But what, uh, you know, I... I I can follow most of what you're talking about as far as, you know, the astral bodies inside my head. I'm trying to imagine it all up there. You come up with a T-square, and literally I'm seeing a drywall tool hanging in the sky. I'm like, I ain't never seen that. What is a T-square? I have to pull up the aspects. A T-square looks like a triangle, but it's smaller. I, I it's, it's not a perfect triangle in astrology. It's smaller. It's like... I, I don't remember what the exact uh, so it's a degrees group, are. It is, so it's like a grouping of three stars? or No, it's planets. It's a grouping. Oh, okay. It's, okay, the aspects, anytime, okay, anytime I'm doing the astrology and I tell you what a trine is, a square is, 
an opposition, a (laughs) T-square, any of them are how many degrees they are away from something. So when certain things are in certain degrees, they're harmonious. And when they're in certain degrees, they're not harmonious. So squares and oppositions are actually, I don't like to say that they're negative. They're challenging. They're challenging because they're not going to be easy for you to work through, basically. But the others are, sextiles are all about, (laughs) what? Sextiles are all about trying to give you an opportunity. Well, yeah, isn't that what sextiles are about? Opportunities? Opportunities. An opportunity for yeah, that just that's, depends that, on the energy. That's, that's a little too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> that's low-hanging fruit right there. That's I'm just stopping myself. It all depends on the energy of what that sextile would be about. It could be, <laughs> you could be have opportunities all over the place. <laughs> well, let's not get slutty. I didn't say that I was talking about sex. You said that. <laughs> no, I implied that. <laughs> I mean, it really just depends. There's many things, see, but when I look at the astrology, when I'm doing astrology, that's one of the reasons, I mean, I got into astrology because of my empath nature, actually, because I don't pick up just people. I don't pick up just spirit, and I don't, I pick up the planets when they actually move Mm. and what's going on, and I was a very freaking mood-swinging person. Incredibly, I was a mood-swinging person, and I never understood until I started looking at astrology because spirit kept guiding me towards astrology, and they are who taught me. I didn't really learn from a book or anything because one of the times when I help clients, spirit will move things. I, I will see things that other astrologers don't see. It just happens to be one of those clairvoyant you know, clairsensory things that that happens. They move stuff around, and sometimes it will move the whole houses around from where it actually has to do so that I can explain it to people. But for me, I got into astrology because I was such a mood-swingy person, and I couldn't understand why I was so mood-swingy. There was no reason for it. I I wasn't angry. I mean, I I didn't understand. And as I started to understand the way the planets move, this is why I was explaining to you that I look at it like the godly universal thing from an astrology astrology level. Because as I look at how the planets move and the energy itself that's so much bigger than us. Of course. Then it helped me to understand why I was not a wacko. <laughs> it, it helped me to understand, oh, okay, I'm just aggressive because this is happening. And I could actually apply it to that part of my life and and realize that, you know, it, this is what's going on on a bigger picture and I'm feeling it as an empath from other people along with what I had going on. And it kept me from losing my freaking nuts, you know, just being a bitch all over the place and helped me to understand how to be a better person because I wasn't so mood swingy anymore, if that makes any sense. I mean, there are people out there who are going to understand that. Oh, You're yeah. still learning that uh, what astrology is. Right. For me, it immediately put into my mind a... Uh scientific experiment by Dr. Emoto where he was putting the certain thoughts and emotions into water and then freezing them uh-huh. and then taking a look underneath the specialized microscope and looking at the crystallization or non-crystallization of the water based on what had been applied to it, the positive, negative. And there, he's actually finding that, you know, more positive thought slash emotion was giving more crystalline structures that look like beautiful nice things where the negative emotions and evil we're thoughts all crashing were with each other just nasty. yeah it just gnarly nasty so what's to say you know think about it we're sacks of mostly water mm-hmm. you got the gigantic universe that we can't even fathom to think about we can only comprehend with our five senses four percent of this universe we can only see so much of it, even with our telescopes. So how much of that energy is coming in? You know it's going to be able to affect it. Yeah. Affect that water inside of itself. So now that we have a decent understanding that water is receptive to energy and thought and emotion, which is just another form of uh, – it's not actually a radio wave, but it's similar to radio waves that we now know that thought can actually change the physical universe around us. Yeah. I've so, said for years <laughs> that everything had to do with sonic, basically. Sound? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I'm going to have to disagree with you. That there. would be vibrations. Yeah, not necessarily. Sonic is a change in pressure in a fluid. Okay. 
inter- like radio waves and uh, neutrinos and photons can travel through a vacuum, which is space, and still reach us. What's in front of you? What's in front of me? What's this? My point is we're being influenced by the energy of the bodies that are above us that has to travel through that vacuum to reach us. I get what you're saying, but I I, I mean, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm just saying there's so much more that has to do, like you said, with with the energies that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, I say all the time, this energy that's right in front of us, waving my hand around it, just, like, waving my hand. Right. And that, that shit's not empty. No. But most people who haven't started to get into the enlightenment or awakeness still won't understand that. And that has to do also with, it's like an ID calling card. It really is. An ID calling card? When you're dealing with spirit, it becomes an ID calling card of what kind of energy you're surrounding yourself with of with of who and what you are. Uh, okay, now I'm following you. Gotcha. So, and then you take it with universal energies and everything that's manipulated into such smaller concentration from there on out, that has to do with how everything changes. Mm-hmm. However, we're not intelligent enough to get all that yet. Gotcha. You understand? Yep. Are we on the same page? Oh, we were to begin with. It's just verbiage. Yeah. Well, I, I never, I'm not always sure. Sometimes I'm like, what am I not getting? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just curious. I wanted to know where that was. So is there anything else? Mm, I think I'm good. I know you mentioned there was one other thing you wanted to touch on. You got about three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's a piece that I left out of of astrology. And, and this is chain reactions. Chain reactions are one of those things where spirit tells me to go in this direction. For other people, they would necessarily go, well, Jupiter is sextiling Pluto, and they would leave that alone. Where spirit says, no, follow the lines, follow the chain reaction, because there's something there to be to be heard that will help people along the way. Mm-hmm. So if I follow the chain reaction, you've got like two lines that are – basically it's two chains that are going to be coming together. You've got Jupiter, which is sextiling Pluto, which is then sextiling Neptune. Now, this is a very magical thing that can happen this week that will take away from all of that aggression, okay? Because you've got Jupiter is the higher abundance. Jupiter is the manifestation. Jupiter is the higher knowledge. Jupiter Jupiter is, you know, everything is a freaking magnet with Jupiter. Now, if you're dealing with your Jupiter energy in a positive way, then you're manifesting and you're bringing to you all this positive stuff. But if you're in a shitty negative spot, Jupiter's going to bring the same thing. He's going to bring all the negative to you because that's what he is. He's a magnet. Now, it's sextiling Pluto, which means there's an opportunity for you to actually start to let go and move forward if you're willing to have the balls to take it. Because... Pluto is in that 10th house, which is dealing with, you know, everything that you're trying to build and have a new foundation for. Okay. And then you've got Jupiter, which is in that 8th house, which is talking about your relationships and what they're responsible for. With Neptune, it's giving you the magic to recreate. However, it goes right back over to Jupiter and over adds abundance to it. But it is sex. It is squaring Venus. It is sex, I know. It is squaring Venus. So your sensitivity is not comfortable with what is going on. So you got to get past the sensitivity. I knew he was going to die laughing with that. You have the magic to be able to move you forward, but it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be something that you're going to be very overly comfy with wanting to do, but that's part of learning. If you stay in your comfort zone, you'll go nowhere. And sometimes you just got to apply a little lube to your soul. <laughs> and push. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's time to call it. <laughs> All righty, all my beautiful, lovely souls. I can't wait to hear from you next week. And have a wonderful evening. Goodbye, all. Come now, my darling. Let's step back in time with